0: grow yourself, and grow your marriage. Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode
1: number 75.
0: On today's episode, we had Lindsay Sutherland on. And what did Lindsay talk about, Jonna?
1: Well, first of all, Lindsay's awesome. She is the host of the podcast Passive Income Examiner. And it's pretty self-explanatory. She examines different forms of passive income. So that's what we talked about today because I know for me personally, I feel like a lot of these episodes are like, what can I learn and then teach to you guys?
0: That's pretty much what we do is we're like, Hey, what do we want to learn about? What do we want to talk about? Cool. I guess you guys can listen in too.
1: Right. No, but but seriously, Lindsay walks us through some awesome um, ideas for passive income, tells us what passive income even is, because I think that's a word that gets thrown around a lot that not everybody knows what it is. And, as usual, I always say there's gold, gold in this episode. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think something else that was really, really powerful is just the limiting beliefs behind, like, eh, should I even start something? Should I do this? Should I do that? Uh, we cover that in this episode in depth. And so, uh, so yeah, check it out, guys. Without further ado, Lindsay Sutherland. Lindsay, welcome to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Lindsay, we're excited to have you. Um, I just got to first say how we have a ton in common. You are a fellow podcaster. You are a fellow homeschooling mom. You have four kids as well, right? I do. Four kids, and you work. I mean, you're a busy lady. So thanks for taking the time to chat with us today.
0: Yeah, and Whoops. today on oh sorry, so t- today on the show um, we are going to talk all about passive income and Lindsay is an expert in this area and so we are excited to uh, excited to learn a lot of uh, a lot of good things that she has to say with this so so the first question we have for you Lindsay is uh, like, what is passive income
2: That is a great question and I'm glad you asked cuz I'm I've discovered that so many people don't really know uh, passive income is essentially making money When you're having fun playing with your kids or, you know, you're um, you could be at work at your nine to five job and still be making extra money or maybe you're sleeping (laughs) and money's rolling in. So it's literally money that comes in without you directly doing something like you didn't meet up somebody and sell it, sell something to get cash back. Um, Money comes in without your hands on involvement,
1: so to speak. So basically, passive income is something we all want to have. <laughs> we
0: we we all. <laughs> Who want does not it, yes. want to
1: make money while they are sleeping or playing or doing other things?
0: That's how the rich get richer.
1: Right. So it, so That's this. Familiar. So what drove you then to really dive into this passive income world? Because I do. I think you're right. I think a lot of people don't really even know what that means. And um, obviously, you have a whole podcast on it. So tell tell us some more.
2: Yeah, well, part of what got me going into this direction is I guess mostly I'm known that this is an option. Um even going back into 2006, I used to apprentice with a real estate investor. Um and I learned then that, you know, a in rental income is passive. Finding the deals, structuring the deals, negotiating the deals, that's all a skill in and of itself, but you know, essentially having that money coming in is passive income. But that was just one little tiny piece of the whole pie. Um, it wasn't until recently that we, we relooked. my family and I, we moved from Arizona to North Idaho. And, um, I ended up with a really great job. I like working here, but we are living paycheck to paycheck essentially. And I wanted to find a way to make money, um, beyond the nine to five right that's essentially what i was trying to accomplish and the only way i can do that because i don't have extra time is to find a way to produce make things that produce in other words let me slow down a second i want to make things that i can do one time that i can get paid for many times over so that way i'm really um maximizing my time and effort rather than having a second job or a part-time business or something where I'm trading time for money I wanted to really streamline it so that I'm gonna put some energy into this yes but it's going to uh, what would you say quantify or you know um, exponentially grow over time
1: Uh, I'm really glad you clarified that because I think in the whole instant gratification world we live in, the first thought is like, wait, I don't have to do anything and I'm going to make money while I'm sleeping. No, you still have to put something together. There's still a little bit of work involved, but what you're saying is you do it like once and then make money, not this like ongoing transactional thing.
2: Yeah. And you know, we kind of talked prior to our interview and I'm sure it's going to come up, but like the MLM structure and it's hard when we're looking for side hustles or extra money, it's hard not to bump into an MLM. And I, as great as those companies are, they definitely serve a purpose and there's a ton of people that get value from them. I myself have been in many, I I see myself getting back into that again. Sorry. That was my phone ring. I couldn't see myself getting back into that again because I can't See, I don't have time to invest in selling products, which requires me, you know, a lot of those companies, um, have restrictions on how you can sell their products. So, um, you can't always make a passive income. Now, their, their claim to fame is it's residual and there is truth in that. If you go out and hustle and you sell a lot of products and you build your team, but once again, your team can leave. Um, your clients could switch products. There are so many, non guarantees basically, um, that make it kind of risky essentially. And you're always still having to go find new business, find new team members. That's what makes it challenging. And when I was contemplating what I was going to do to kind of help bridge the gap of, you know, (laughs) as they say, I had more month than money, um, wanting to bridge that Mm -hmm. gap. I needed to find something that was going to be, um, I could build on it. Like I could build one little passive income stream. And then get that thing going and then get another one going and then get another one going, right? And so my goal and what I've been working on is I build up a passive income stream that covers one bill. I focus on covering one bill and then another bill and then another bill and so on until eventually now my bills are all covered through passive income. So that's kind of the roadmap, so to speak.
0: I love that. That is really cool. Super cool, actually. I've I've never... I've never even thought of that being a way to start your passive income journey. So yeah, let's let's begin to kind of dive into this passive income roadmap that you have prepared for our listeners today.
2: okay, so step one is to save. This is something that it's not the most sexy part of the journey, right? Nobody likes to save, but it is really a good foundation because, along the way, you might need capital to fund a project. And it's good to have a resource. Or um, maybe you get to a point where you have enough bills covered, where you know, if you could just plug in a little more time, you could really make this thing go. And so you want to quit your job. But you know, just having that cushion gives you so much more flexibility. So if you can start to put some money aside. If you don't, if you don't already have, you know, a good six months or eight months of savings, that's always step one. Step two, um, is going to be then asking yourself, do you need to either, well, there's two avenues you could go at this point. You can either take your money and start making your money grow for you, which would be basically consider yourself an investor. So there are things like the stock market, Um, there's dividend stocks. There are, uh, EFTs you could trade. You could be, you could really start looking at ways to, from home, um, educate yourself about making your money build on itself. So there's lots of strategies there. We talk a lot about that on my podcast. I bring in experts that have a lot more knowledge than I do because I'm still researching and learning about that phase. But you could skip over the business phase and go straight to that if you wanted to. Um, Sometimes, so people are really struggling because they're just like at this pass where they really want it and they only need a little bit more extra every month to kind of get these dreams kickstarted, right? And if that's where they're at, a lot of times, you know, they're busy. So time is a, is a, a precious commodity. Um, and also their resources are minimal. And by resources, I mean money. So in that case, sometimes it's, it's going to be about finding a way to bridge that gap and make a little bit of extra money every month in a way that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg in time and money. Okay. So let's talk about some of those ideas. We can talk a little bit more about some of those ideas here in just a minute, because then I just want to kind of put this whole picture together before I get on that bunny yeah. trail. <laughs>
0: Um, no, 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 definitely. Okay,
2: so there's the savings and then that investment piece is still out there. So the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal of financial wealth is to get to a point where you have more money coming in than you're spending, but you're also saving that money. And so that long-term growth and that's where um, more during this time of creating more little wealth pockets, I call them like little wealth bubbles, uh, you are essentially educating yourself. That's the time to really dig into that financial education because that my friends is almost like this big secret that I don't know. Most people don't know how to manage their wealth. I think that's like a whole nother topic, but um, sometimes however we spend our hundreds of dollars is how we're going to spend our thousands and our tens of thousands. So really developing. Yep. And so really developing smart financial habits now and getting into um, making a plan of action, getting into an intentional mode of what we're going to do with our with our financial wealth, uh, being very strategic. Those are all things to be doing while we're in that growth phase and, and educating ourselves. So that's part of that whole program.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think uh, what it... I may not quote this correctly, but it's something like... What uh, most of the people who win the lottery, like upper ninety percent of the people who win the lottery, go broke within like a decade when they would have had money to take care of generations to generations. Because you really only know how to manage whatever you've brought in, right? And if you're not responsibly building that through, you know, streams of passive income and things like that, I mean, essentially you're not going to be able to manage more money just because you have more money doesn't mean you'll be able to manage it well. So, I think you're absolutely right about that. When when it comes to passive income. Um, Lindsay, what would you say from from a time perspective? I feel like most people listening to our show, most most parents who are who are in our position, meaning you know, me, you, and Jonna, um, with multiple kids and stuff like that. I feel like yes, money can be a scarce resource, but then time can be a super scarce resource as well. So, so what would you say to uh, to someone listening who's like, okay, I want to start a passive income stream? What if they ask you the question, Hey, Lindsay, about how much time would I need to invest into something like this to get off the ground and start paying a bill?
2: Well, a part of that answer is going to depend on the, the what, you know, what are they choosing to do? So, um, also to answer that question, it has to do with your passion that, both both of these things comes back to your why um if you really can spend some time tuning into imagining what this freedom is getting this you know this money this extra money or this extra time is going to afford you and imagine your life at the end you know what you're trying to accomplish it fuels you in ways that you can't even imagine i'll be honest if i if, if i if somebody would have said to me hey lindsay It's going to take you, you're going to end up spending 20 hours a week um, working on this business. When I started a podcast, uh, I would have said, well, then I can't do it. And the reason, and surprisingly, that's probably about how much time I'm spending a week on my business, but it's, it's exponentially growing. Like I'm doing more than just a podcast. I'm building courses. I'm building coaching programs. Like I'm, I'm building freebies. You know, I'm, I'm actively doing stuff now. A lot of it's behind the scenes. A lot of it doesn't require me to have face-to-face interactions with people. So that's cool because I can do that while, like I give my kids some bell work, you know, was I'm homeschooling. So they're going to be working on their project and I pull open my laptop and I start doing some Canva, you know, can't you know, making some images or typing mm-hmm, up yeah. emails, you know. So you find pockets of time that you never thought you had when your mission and your why is bigger than your your pain, basically. Um, and that's, that's the number one thing. Like if you're, if you're not going to get into something because you don't think you have the time, I say, get in tune with your passion and just start. Even if you only have an hour a week to start, because what will happen is a light bulb is going to go off. Something's going to get you motivated and excited. And then you just, all of a sudden you find little pockets of time, little nuggets here and there that you didn't have before. And then next thing you know, you're spending five hours a week or 10, or in my case, I'm doing it 20 that I didn't, I couldn't have planned it. Like I, I like I said, if I, if somebody would have told me ahead of time, where would you do this? How are you going to fit this? in? I'd have looked at them like they had three heads and said, forget it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's the honest to gosh truth. If we want it bad enough, we're going to find the time.
1: Lindsay, I'm so glad you said that because I'm over here nodding my head because I couldn't agree more. I myself personally do more now with four kids than I did when I had one because I am figuring out what I what I want to do, what I'm passionate about rather than just being in like full-blown survival mode, which I feel like I was with our first two kids. I didn't know that there were these other avenues open to me. Um, You touched on MLMs. I tried to do that after our first because I was sold this big dream of staying home with my kid and passive income and blah, blah, blah. And like I didn't have time to do what they needed me to do, nor did I like what they wanted me to do. Yeah. But now I'm like, that's funny that I thought I didn't have time. I think it was more that I didn't – that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing with my time.
0: Well, and there's a level of prioritization once we have – once we're outnumbered with kids, I feel like we're forced to prioritize. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, you know, now there's just no such thing as like every night catching up on my favorite Netflix Netflix show. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just not a thing, right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not
1: and- <laughs> whenever you finally figure out something, you're like, right. we're like like you right. said, we're working towards the podcast. I'm doing this other job, like all these things though, but they're getting us closer to that end goal. Cause we what you were talking about earlier, Chris and I have done that. We've sat down and dreamed about where are we going? and like, how do we reverse this now and see how do we get there? And we believe that what we're doing right now is, is helping us. So, but to the person, you know, I, well, I still want to learn more about passive income because none of what we're doing right now is passive. Um, but you know, I'm thinking back to myself whenever I was a stay-at-home mom, um, and I didn't have any other form of income and I would spend all this time on, Pinterest, looking at articles, looking, how do I make money from home with kids? And like just feeling like none of it, like a lot of it seemed like scams or it's like surveys and stuff that, like you said, still requires you to trade time for money. So, what I know we mentioned stocks. Can you give me some other examples of even just a small way that that person can be like, okay, I can do that. I can find the time, I can make the time to do blah, (laughs) whatever that example is.
2: Okay, so let's look at that. So basically it comes down to um, figuring out your what and then figuring out the how. So basically what I mean is like, for example, what could be affiliate marketing? Affiliate marketing is essentially where you are selling a product, somebody else's product or service and you're getting a commission for it. Now, how you do that could be you could set it up so that you set up your affiliate links, and then you have a Pinterest account where you create pins that drive traffic to these affiliate links. And when somebody buys the product or service through your link, you get a commission. Now what's cool about Pinterest is, as you probably know, the pins stay there forever. So it isn't like um, a Facebook thread where it just deletes eventually, or it's so far gone, nobody sees it. Pinterest is searchable. So when you start creating these pins and you put together a good Pinterest strategy, um, you can really be driving traffic and you could do this in a, the hard part with affiliate marketing, I think is finding affiliates that pay a decent amount. A lot of times when you're doing affiliate marketing, I don't want to get too deep into it because it's, it is very, it's something definitely to research. Let me say that. But the short version oh, sure. is uh, selling products. You're going to have less commission than if you sell services like coach, like uh, coaching programs or, um, or people teaching people how to blog, you know, things like that information seems to pay higher commissions than products. Um, and then once you start together, you you go through and you get all your affiliate links set up. Um, and then you go through and create all your pins. You're going to constantly be recreating pins. But when you do that, um, it compounds. So eventually it gets to a point where you don't have to do as much work. So the work is a lot up front and then over time it kind of dissipates, but you just want to keep the momentum going. So that's kind of an example of what I mean by what and how. Another how for affiliate marketing could be through blogging, YouTube, or a podcast. Okay. So um, you guys could say maybe I did this in one of my podcasts. I was talking about the time for learning um, planner. It's a, It's a That's a really awesome planner. And I spout out my affiliate link and people go to the link, they buy through my link and then I get a commission. So that's a way to monetize a podcast, a blog or even a YouTube channel. Um, A website, you could have a website that, you know, you could do like a drop shipping type of thing where you do a Shopify or uh, some sort of e-commerce website. Again, it's a lot of work up front to do that and learning curve is, is gonna be vast. But once it's up and running, it's more of a matter of just kind of priming the pump, so to speak. Plus, once you have done it once, you could do it again and again, you can really start to get good at it. And these are all things that you can do with kids running around screaming. (laughs) None of it
1: requires like quiet time. (laughs) So that's right. No customer service, phone call type positions for stay at home moms. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And Lindsay, I've actually dove into a little bit of the world of affiliate marketing when I was when I was doing some stuff running my business. I was like, well, why don't I just do this and see how this works? Now, personally, I am passionate about you know my own information and coaching and things that I acquire, um, and so I haven't really, or I never really pushed myself to really, I don't know, get past the threshold of like, ah, I don't know how to do this because I had another business I was running, and and we were kind of like, okay you know, we don't have a paycheck every month. I have to run my business. So it almost seemed like a distraction for me, but I could definitely see the potential. I mean, there are 17 to 20 year old kids out there making a lot of money off of affiliate marketing. Uh, and obviously there are, there, there are good and bad things uh, that, that come with affiliate marketing. But uh, for the most part, I definitely see. I definitely see the potential in that. Now, what about the person who's like, okay, you're like speaking a different language to me. This sounds like it's something for entrepreneurs. I mean, I, in other words, does, does it take a special type of person to 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 dive into these things and be successful?
2: Um, my experience has been, and this goes back to the 20 years that I managed people. My experience is that we're all entrepreneurs and we're all salespeople. It's just that some people have this preconceived notion about what that means, and then they have a judgment about it. Like, I mean, I used to train on the phone salespeople, and it was for a service department, like a car business service department. And so people were thinking they were doing a customer service job. But really, you go to an interview, you're selling what? You're selling yourself. You get on the phone, you're selling whatever you're talking about, whether even through its customer service. And um, I found that people just didn't really realize they were doing it. So, okay, let me give you an example. Let's talk about somebody who likes to make tamales and they go door to door (laughs) selling tamales, right? Is that person an entrepreneur? Yeah, right? Or you have Mm -hmm. a yard sale and maybe you pick up a few things at, um, or maybe let's reverse that. Actually, this is a better idea. You pick up things at yard sales and then you pop them on eBay. And sell like
0: them. <laughs>
2: you sell them for double, right? That's right. entrepreneurism. Now, does that mean you have a big company and you, you know, you're? I don't know. What is the definition of an entrepreneur? To me, it's just somebody who has the guts to try something new, and the desire to stick with it until they figure it out.
0: Yeah, I love that. I I couldn't agree with you more. I I was recently talking to a good friend about sales. I was like, you know, man, you would be really good in sales. And he's like, oh, no way. Because his association with the salesman was like, oh, you just have to be pushy this, pushy that. And I was like, dude, you sell a concept to your wife all the time when you ask her certain questions. Your kids sell you stuff all day long. Like, mom, dad, can I do this? Can I do that? And so it's true. Innately, we are already selling. We're already doing these things. It's just, it's just, well, actually I'll put it this way. When you're an entrepreneur, you're putting yourself out there. You're you're going to build your own dream um, and you're putting that risk, and you know whether that's successful on yourself. But when it comes to things like affiliate marketing and some of the things we're talking about here, you don't even have to put your you don't have to put yourself out there. No one would even know that you are an affiliate marketer. You know, uh, funding all of your student loans off of affiliate marketing.
2: Exactly, and I think that's really the question: is how exposed do people want to be? I mean, like you said, you would rather sell yeah. your own information, and that it was going to lead me to my next topic, which would be finding something, you know, and you're good at and creating courses, online courses. Um, Now, the thing of it is, I think a lot of people, especially, I don't know, and I'm going on a limb here. So totally correct me if I'm not on point. But to me, it seems like especially moms that are staying home or dads that are staying home with their kids, they're out of touch with what skill set they have. It's so easy to get caught up in um, changing diapers and chasing babies that we forget that we we know things and that we're good at things. And so if you were to sit back or maybe even ask friends or family, "Hey, what do you if you had a question like what's something you would come to me for to help you with?" Because you could create a course around that. It could be something simple like um well, I mean if all you do is help with your babies, you could totally get into something talking about raising kids. You know, if that's what what you're dealing with every day, you clearly know something. You probably have friends that ask you, "Hey, I noticed that you're Daughter um, potty trained really well, and and you, how do you how did you do it? Right, so you could create a course about potty training. Like there is so much people will be willing to pay for it in a course and you could create courses Um, again this doesn't require you talking to people face to face so sometimes that's easier for people because they can kind of do that behind the scenes pre-recorded and they're just talking to a camera rather than talking to people um and then start now then the next that's the what right remember i said you got to have a what and then the how so then the how is how do you drive traffic to those courses because just creating the courses they might be found through search engines but you still need to drive traffic. So either you need to have a blog or a YouTube channel, or um, even a podcast, maybe to kind of drive them or Pinterest, Pinterest always is a failsafe one for people who don't really want to um, put themselves out in a position like in a podcast or YouTube, where they're having to talk on, you know, out there to people like this on a regular basis. Plus, it also doesn't require a commitment like in our case, right? We we try to produce a podcast on a consistent basis. I do mine once a week. You probably have a schedule you like to keep. That's a commitment yep. that sometimes people are not willing to make. They don't. They want a job or they want a, an income strategy that they can do in their time around their time schedule and not have to have this commitment. That's where Pinterest can come in handy. You can use your Pinterest board to drive traffic to your courses.
1: That's so good. So no, I think you hit the nail on the head with, yes, as parents, actually, we did an episode on this. I feel like it's so easy to lose your identity, especially when you maybe had a job before having kids. Like I was in the corporate world before having kids. And then when I became a stay-at-home mom, I started to feel literally like I was becoming less intelligent because I wasn't doing anything except for taking care of my kids. And it does, it takes... Sometimes having somebody else tell you what you're good at. So for let me give you an example. For the last five years that I've been a parent, I've shared just the ridiculous things that the kids do on my social media. And I share different tips that I've learned, like how to get lipstick off of your entire two-year-old's body or how to clean the dishwasher because I didn't know that you cleaned things that cleaned or um, what are some other ones? It's like random things that I've learned becoming a parent that I just share because um, it's interesting and my mind's blown. But the amount of feedback I get from the people who follow me who I wouldn't even understand that would care about that kind of started showing me and I'm not doing anything with it right now, actually, but started showing me that, hey, if I wanted to do affiliate stuff, I think that my Followers like trust me, and they there's people that aren't even parents that come to me like, oh, I love these hacks and yada yada. So my point in saying all that is, yes, I think by asking somebody who knows you, hey, what what would you come to me for? What would you say my skills are? How would you describe me? Can really help open your eyes to things you wouldn't have thought possible of making a job out of it. Like I don't think people understand that you you can make money, like you said, from courses on
0: any doing doing yeah virtually anything and i think a point i want to bring up that has been brought up to me before so we all have imposter syndrome. We're all like, mm-hmm. we're all like, oh, I don't know, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I'm not an, expert. an expert. But yes. here's the thing: we are all an expert in our own right. Like when when me and John walk into most rooms, we're the experts in podcasting, even though we have seventy some episodes. We're not like expert experts, right? When when I walk into a room with people, I'm the expert in fitness because I've been doing it for years, right? But even people who are, even people who are in this may rub people the wrong way, but even people who have three kids over two kids. Like, well, you're the expert in being, um, being outnumbered in kids, right? <laughs> right. So, so there are so many elements where like, we all have our expertise because, because the truth is you don't have to be like this massively educated person. You just have to be one chapter ahead of the other Russell, people.
1: Russell Brunson, right, says that.
0: Russell Brunson says that, but it came from, catch me if you can. So Frank okay. Abagnale actually taught, those classes, just reading one chapter ahead of the, ahead of the other students. And it sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. And I think that really just crushes imposter syndrome for people and really takes that excuse away.
1: Well, I think the good example is us. Chris and I have been married seven and a half years. We're not marriage experts. No, (laughs) we're not marriage experts, but we can coach people in the stage right before us on what we've gone through and what we've learned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that was hard for us to wrestle with when we very first started our podcast. We were like, well, but we're not experts. Right. And so yes, all that to say whoever's listening right now, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but no, you can teach anybody who is right in the stage. Well, of the chapter and sometimes you, yes. you're
2: teaching you're teaching also through your life experience. Like, you know, you're you're mm-hmm. thinking, Oh, well, I can't start this podcast because we're not experts in marriage counseling or marriage or whatever. But life happens, right? So you could do a podcast about something that comes up tomorrow that you work through a week later, and you end up both having this aha moment that you come, you you end up becoming closer as a result of the conflict. And then you share that. I mean, that's, that's not something you could have trained yourself in. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, we, we 100% 100% We've even
1: fought on air here and and coached some things
0: out. So much, so much. Well, yeah. So I'm glad we can all agree on that and bring different things to the table when it comes to people just jumping out and doing something. Because another thing, and I'd love your feedback on this statement. Like, It's so funny. It's like, we're we're all afraid of failure. The only reason you won't do something is you don't want to look stupid and you don't want to fail. But the truth is you have a 100% chance of failure if you don't, even stick your neck out to try.
2: Yeah. Right. Have you ever done any personality profiling or, you know, like a disc? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's something I used to teach when I worked um, in corporate. And one thing I found is like that this is something that I think comes easier for some people than others. Um, For a person like me, I'm a D personality. I am all about trial and error. I mean, I don't care if I fail 500 times. If I learning through that process, I'm winning. That's just my mentality. So many people get hung up in, I need to perfect the process before I can start. And I...
0: John is pointing (laughs) to me right now.
2: (laughs) I can't really relate to that because I'm not a C personality, which is typically the personality that does process through that. It is just how they process Mm -hmm. information. But I was listening to actually, I don't know if you guys have heard of um, Brendan Burchard. I'm reading his book. He's a great guy, right? I listened to his podcast too. Mm -hmm. He did this just, I just shared this episode with my husband um, and it was talking about the fear of failure. That's one of our biggest That's the two biggest fears, fear of what other people will think of me and fear of failure. And those two things stop us so much. And he was saying, this was really interesting. He was saying that um, often people will disagree with him. Like his clients will say, oh, I'm not afraid of what people will think of me. He's like, well, then why haven't you started? Well, I just want to get everything in order. And I think sometimes we use this mental block of, of, well, let me just think through this to mask a fear. Instead of just admitting that, hey, you know what? We're kind of scared that this may not go right. Or what if we fail? All eyes are watching me. And if I screw it up, then everybody's going to know about it. And I think we're using that whole, um, it's almost a mask of like, I've got to think this through. I got to have it all worked out before I can even start as a mask to cover up the fear. When in reality, if we just start taking small actions today. So my suggestion on that is this. Ask yourself, okay. I get it that I want to have all this ironed out ahead of time. That's great. And I'm going to be as prepared as possible. But if I had to take one action step today, what would it be?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And just Love push that. yourself a little bit each day to just do one thing, one thing. And you get, you create this habit. And that's really what we are. We're a product of our habits. So you create a habit of practicing one new thing a day out of your element, right? And give yourself permission to fail. You tell yourself up front, look, if it doesn't work out, that's okay, because I could try, that'll be my new thing the next day, <laughs> right? And if you mentally mm-hmm. talk yourself through each of those phases, you'll be amazed how far you come in a month, in two months, in a, in a year. It'll be dramatic.
0: Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more just as, as an entrepreneur for years. And I'm right now in a season of not being an entrepreneur, which is weird, but it's honestly a really great break. Um, but, uh,
1: Technically you still are cause the podcast. Yeah,
0: but technically, it's but kind of a business. right, right. But, but honestly you are, you are so right about that because I really think what it comes down to is, um, I'm sorry I'm lose my train of thought. Can you tell me? I
1: can piggyback real fast until you okay. think of it. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, as you're speaking, I think something we need to remember too is, everybody's eyes aren't on us (laughs) i think we are so um we're so obsessed and this this is gonna come off wrong but i'm saying about myself too like we always think that everybody's thinking about us and looking at us and what we're doing like we are the main character in Mm -hmm. their movies but really they're the main character in their movies too we're just extras and they might see our stuff every now and then and i think that that's something that's helped me put myself out there more like who cares Everybody's not running around talking about what John is doing and what John's podcast said. Like Mm -hmm. somebody might say something, but yes. And most people who are going to talk
0: behind your back are trolls that you don't even want to associate with anyone. And then just one thing I wanted to bring up when I first started. So I used to own my own fitness studio and I would go live on Facebook and things like that. And I remember I was so nervous to do that because I used to have a really big speech problem, like stuttering and everything. I, I just couldn't speak well. And I remember the thing that got me through it was I actually would just r- remind myself whether it was true or not that 90% of the people that are going to watch my live whether I screw it up or not probably wouldn't have the kahunas to put their own up. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So like that that's what got me through the imposter piece. But anyway, you hit a hot button for us there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and it is true. It's it's absolutely true that we do think people are watching us when in reality, you know, Okay, uh, let me give you, I'm going to tell you a personal story that kind of was embarrassing, but also I think I, and I learned from it and there's my deep personality. If I learned through something, then I was a win and it's a win I think for us and to also encourage anybody to start something. So I'm part of a group um, and I saw somebody who was touting themselves as a weight loss coach, but her profile picture, she doesn't look fit, right? Right. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is it these days? This is, this is my judgment, right? First, first judging by appearances. And I thought, okay, you know, why would somebody go put themselves out there as a weight loss health coach when clearly, you know, she is not perfectly fit. Okay. Now there I said it, that's my vulnerable moment. And it was truly embarrassing because when (laughs) I read her profile, this woman had already lost over a hundred pounds. She had changed her life around so drastically and she wanted to help others and i mean it broke my heart and i felt like such a heel but it just goes to show you that what she was reaching the people that she needed to reach i wasn't that person mm-hmm. and it doesn't yeah. matter what i think anyway it only matters what she thinks and what she's doing and the people she's coming into contact with and the t- same is true for all all of us like when i talk about how to build wealth and how to you know extrapolate passive income i still have a day job for goodness sakes right who am i to cast yeah. judgment when i sit here and i'm in the same place but at the same time i also have a roadmap. i'm working the plan i understand the plan i'm hmm. I can help others start taking the same steps that I've taken. I have experience in sales. I have experience in coaching. I have experience in management. I can lean on that and help others. So we have to just remember it is none of our business what other people think of us. It only is our business what we think of us and that God's going to put us in the path of the people that need us the most.
1: That's all that matters. Yeah. Amen, Lindsay. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being vulnerable. That's our favorite thing is being vulnerable on the show. And for anybody that might pass some hate your way because of that, because, you know, the whole 2020 cancel culture BS, they need like, I, I'm i sure. No, not not I'm sure. I know every person has done the same thing. We are human beings. We are quick to right. pass judgment, unfortunately. And the best part is, though, like you, it was a learning moment. It was a teaching moment for you. And I just, I don't know. I think that's, I don't know. I think that's so good. I think that's so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. Powerful. So we, we have gotten off on some very valuable, um, very, very valuable, like, just I don't know, pushback feedback between all of us. Pushback wasn't the word I was looking for there. Oh, well anyway, (laughs) so let's, let's kind of steer back to your roadmap a little bit. Um, quick recap would be, we want to first identify the what and then go figure out how, right? Continue to take us through this roadmap.
2: Okay, so you figure out the what that you want to do. And by the way, I have a lot more ideas on my Passive Income Examiner's playbook, which is gonna be launching soon. And it also gives links to market experts that can help. So if affiliate marketing is something you're curious about and you wanna know more, I have a link to somebody who can help you with that want to become a podcaster, you can go that direction, whatever the case may be. I have resources for those people. Um, Blogging is another great one. So finding out the what, how you're going to monetize, essentially, sometimes people do it backwards. They're like, well, I'm going to be a blogger. And then they go, well, how am I going to monetize it? And you could, you could, I guess you could work it either way. If if you really have a passion for writing and then you figure out how to monetize it, that's fine. But sometimes what I find is people are kind of stuck in the, I don't know what to do mode and they talk themselves out of everything. Well, I don't want to, I'm not that good of a writer, so they don't blog or I'm not that good at this or that, but how can you, you know, the, what, how can you generate the income courses, affiliate marketing, um, um, Oh, drop shipping, even, even so something so simple as buying and selling, right? That whole eBay thing, if you really only needed to bring in a three to $500 more a month, and that would be enough to get your family to have a little bit more, um, gosh, take your kids with you and go, go yard sailing and sell some stuff on eBay. And um, you build up over time mm-hmm. and you start, my husband did that. And, you know, it's definitely helped us out in times like Christmas and, you know, other things where we needed fast cash, that's a good way to do it. So there are quite a few different opportunities there. Um, But essentially the whole point is to have that bigger plan, not just, I need a few extra bucks here and there. It's it's to have that big mission of, what are you trying to accomplish? You know, really, we don't want the money. What we want is the freedom of our time. We wanna be able to spend time with our kids and not be stressing out about how we're gonna afford it when we go to the fun park or whatever. We want to have friends and family over and we want to be able to treat them to dinner and to a movie or to go out and not have to worry about how we're going to pay the phone bill the next week. You know, those are the kinds of things that we're thinking about here. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to do that without question, just to be able to spend that generously or donate when you feel like inspired to do that, all of those things. So really what you want to do is build up a system where you do something one time and then it pays you over and over again. So like for you guys doing your podcast, if you were to say, build a course, like how to have a healthy marriage, let's just say. And so at the end of your podcast, you're driving traffic to your course. Well, there you go. You're, you, you create the course one time and every, and every podcast, you're just driving traffic, but your podcast is evergreen, right? More, more people will come to it. More people are going to listen to it. And as that happens, even your one podcast, you episode you aired is going to keep being replayed. So you're really working smarter that way. That's kind of the whole, the whole premise of what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. There are even some simple things that we, that we actually took a long time to do. So, so we're actually getting ready to do a, do a book club where it's going to be additional episodes. uh, And something that we'll be doing is we'll be linking the book that we want people to read, right? Well, that's going to be an Amazon affiliate link, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that'll be nice. It's not, you know, it's not crazy. It's not going to pay our mortgage or anything, but it's it's something where okay, we'll take the time to get an Amazon affiliate link because chances are they're probably getting it from Amazon anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: There's there's a lot of ways to do it. I think the question you want to start with is here's some key. Qu- let's finish with this. Here's some key questions to ask yourself to help you get started. Number one, picture your ideal life. Right. Wake up tomorrow and imagine if you woke up tomorrow and you were living your ideal day. Forget everything else. Forget the but this and but that, right? No buts. <laughs> Just my picture of my ideal day. I wake up. I'm with my kids. I feed, I'm feeding them. I take them to school or whatever the case may be. I'm homeschooling. Then I'm doing this. What is your ideal day? What does it feel like? That's really important. Then the next question mm-hmm. is what, what, these are two questions actually. What is standing in my way? What do I need to be able to move to that level? Like, what what do I need? And then also, what skills do I need to do that? So in other words, if the, if the answer is, well, I would like it if my husband wasn't working full-time and we were both home together. So I need to replace his income. We need to replace his income. How can I do that? What skills can I learn to get me there? Okay. So you're already putting yourself on the roadmap, essentially, because the next step is what? take action and start the education. And the next thing you know, you start trying things here and there. And now this is the one other downside to this whole thing is a lot of times it takes a lot of time to start. But one thing I can tell you is that when you keep your why in mind, your tenacity is so powerful. It will guide you. It will motivate you. It will keep you going. And if ever you feel lackluster, like you've lost your inspiration, just revisit that. Revisit that ideal day and look at how much closer you've come. Because I'm going to guess you've probably made strides and you haven't even noticed. Because we tend to do that, right? We tend to look at what we haven't gotten done yet instead of taking time to acknowledge what we have. So those things are all... Key ways to get started, you know, do the research, listen to podcasts like mine or listen to your podcast or listen to, um, or read blogs, get some, take some courses, whatever the case may be until you find something that resonates with you. And then it'll just, the, the snowball has begun and that's where it starts.
0: Love that, Lindsay. I think, I think you hit it right on the head, especially with, especially with addressing the why, right? understanding that that's something we can always look back to as a beacon and say, okay, you know, what am I missing here? And and honestly me and Jonna have reevaluated our podcast and the speed we want to move and things over and over again, just remembering the why and why we started this in the first place and all that stuff. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Let me ask you this really quick. um, And then I know we're, I know we're running a little bit low on time. So, Wouldn't you say, and and this just kind of popped in my head because I'm a coach too, right? So so wouldn't you say that a really great first step would be to eliminate the distractions outside of, you know, actual work hours that that people um, have to stay respectful to during the workday or whatever? But I mean, the average American spends like three hours on Facebook, on the Facebook app a day, right? We watch, you know... 40 or so hours i guess a week of tv you know like what? yeah
1: 40 hours a week of TV? So, yeah
0: it's like ridiculous i'm gonna That's guess it's down. even
2: more than that i heard it's like six hours a day and yeah. i'm like where do people find the time well, for
0: that um yeah uh, netflix says that their biggest competitor is sleep right
2: yeah oh wow So to answer your question is essentially this. I, I posed this question actually to my staff here at my job recently. I said, you know, we're moving into 2021. We want to set some new goals. So we should ask ourselves what habits we should reevaluate our habits. You know, what habits do we have that we want to keep? Right. And then what habits do we have that we should change. Like I said earlier, we are essentially a product of our habits and habits are just creating. They're literally little choices we make over and over again. So the cool thing about habits is they don't control us. We think they do sometimes, but really we created them. We can uncreate them. And so Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I say to that, I wouldn't start out by talking to people and say, well, you know, immediately stop doing all these things. Cause I think that would give some people anxiety <laughs> only because sure, yes. I think they really need to find their why first. I still think that's the first step because once they have that, then like I said, once the why is there and it overshadows the pain, it's easier. And I've, I'll be honest. I, I was like addicted to this show bones. I could tell you, I could stay up sometimes till one <laughs> or two in the morning watching it. When I, before I started all, right. all this that I'm doing. And all of a sudden, I still love the show, but I don't feel like I need to binge watch it. Like I'll catch 30 minutes or an hour, but if I feel inspired or my podcast is becoming a priority, I have no problem putting it down. It's not even a second thought. Whereas before I felt like I couldn't control it. Like I had to watch the next episode. Like it suckered me in, you know, Mm -hmm. now I make this choice. Well, I better get to bed early because I'm going to get up and I've got a podcast episode to air so it's just second nature, almost. Um, I find that re- re- rethinking habits and reevaluating them, and then actually making the changes, becomes easier when we know why we're doing it.
0: I stand corrected. That was a solid, uh, yeah, yeah, a solid answer. Yeah. Yes, I'm so
1: <laughs> glad you pushed back on a and they pushed back. I know that doesn't happen no. much, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> but
0: did- she, She's exactly right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I can totally. Uh, I did the same thing. Where I would like, I need the evening time without the kids to catch up on Netflix or just scroll or have some me time or whatever. And then I realized, yeah, just
0: mindless. The
1: why behind, like, no, I need more to get up before the kids and have the time that Chris and I have to read and and work and do these things. That, like, yeah, like my why became like a, a no brainer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it definitely diminishes the the dopamine hit, I guess you'd say Mm -hmm. you'd get from the things you love because it does start to put it in perspective. So man, well, great stuff today, Lindsay. We, we, we so appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you know, for those of our listeners who are like, wow, I got to find out more about passive income and Lindsay, uh, where can they find out more about you?
2: Well, my podcast is called the passive income examiner and my website is the same. Um, also, I would say email me if you are interested in getting my uh, roadmap to passive income, the Passive Income Examiner's Playbook. It's uh, the passive income Examiner at gmail.com. So it's pretty easy. And I hang out on Instagram. So it pretty much just remember the Passive
1: Income Examiner and you can find me. Yeah.
0: Easy enough, right?
1: <laughs> easy peasy. I'll go ahead and put that in the show notes as well so that um, our people can find you because I know there's somebody that's like, yep. I need more. I need to see this. Like me, I'm a visual learner. So if I was listening to this, I'd be like, I need to see this. I need to look at Lindsay's stuff. I need Mm -hmm. guidance. I really, I'm excited to see who you're going to help here.
0: Yeah, definitely. So cool. Well, thanks again, Lindsay, for being on the show. And we will look forward to uh, connecting with you on the Passive Income Examiner podcast.
1: Yes, ma'am. Sounds good. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. If you took away some golden nuggets about passive income and you feel like there's somebody you know who needs to hear this episode, go ahead and share it with them. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And of course, if you would like to buy us a coffee to continue to help us with production and be caffeinated, you can head over to com slash GYGYN.